What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Jonathan Kogan Show. I'm your host, Johnny K. Let's start it off, baby. Let's do it. You know, it's so nice to come across other peasants doing God's work like we're doing here. It's so nice. You see other peasants calling out the agenda, saying it's elites versus peasants, getting all the peasants together, realizing we're on the same team. So I just want to give a shout out because I just came across, he's got a very popular podcast, but I just came across and he's been doing this as long as I have, longer. So you got to give credit where credit's due. Andy Frisella, is that his name? Andy Frisella, real AF with Andy Frisella. I believe the AF is as fuck. Real as fuck with Andy Frisella, his podcast, also has a YouTube channel, but he gets it. He literally was calling out peasants versus elites. Now, did he do it as early as we did peasants versus elites? Maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. But the point is people are waking up because if you are objective, if you are not a political hack, if you only care about objective truth and can take your emotions out of it and just look at facts, not care about opinions, just look at objective facts, you can pretty easily tell the chaos and absolute bizarro upside down world we're living in okay it's pretty easy to tell all right you might be new to this podcast and you're like oh my god i just woke up well that's great we welcome you to the team we welcome everybody to the team this is a this is a pro peasant pro pro human team i mean we always will be but we've been seeing this and we've been waking up the masses you know i want to give a, a another shout out uh, a really big youtuber put everything on the line to tell the truth he has like two plus million followers and um, he did a three-part series on the reset, aka the the Great Reset. Uh, just just released it, put everything on the line. He's very popular, so you might know who he is. His name is Iman Gadzi, I M A N, and then his last name is G A D Z H I. Three-part series. I highly implore you to watch it. If you've been following the John the Kogan show for a long time, maybe you don't have to. I mean, you know everything that he's going to say, but it's very well put together, very well researched, and it's just. It's just good to see people with large audiences put themselves out there for the peasants because in the end, all we have is each other and love is what makes the world go around. I mean, I'm sure gravity and all that stupid shit does too, but love, you know, like figuratively, you know what I mean? Like, like, you know, like what makes the world go around, you know, corny shit, but it's true. You know, that's tough. That's what I'm talking about. So today we're going to go back in time, but before we go back in time, I want to give you some updates on what's going on. In the news, it's pretty relevant here. So uh, update just now, about an hour ago. So Jamie Foxx had to be revived following a stroke on set. So Jamie Foxx suffered a stroke on set while filming for an upcoming action comedy called Back in Action. The 55-year-old actor required revival by medical professionals, professionals on site, but since had been reported, quote, awake and alert. New information on the incident has revealed that it was far more serious than previously thought. Medical professionals are calling the event a true, quote, life or death situation. So we want to send prayers to Jamie Foxx. Because, by the way, if you have never seen his imitation or impression of Donald Trump, it is unbelievable. He's like at a, he's like sitting on a couch with like a couple of the homies. I think Snoop Dogg might be there or something. And he does a Donald Trump imitation. And it's the best Donald Trump imitation of all time. It went viral like many, many months ago. So if you haven't seen it, look up Jamie Foxx, Donald Trump. It is, you won't regret it. I mean, the guy is so talented. You got to give it up to him. But he had a stroke. He had a very severe stroke. So we hope he's okay. And I just want to inform you because this podcast is apolitical. And we just are here to inform you of things that are going on that you probably aren't getting elsewhere. 
And if you do get in the mainstream, you'll probably get it in about, I don't know, we're usually three to six, sometimes nine months ahead of schedule. You can go look at the track records up to you. So before we get started, please subscribe to the Jonathan Cogan show, wherever you're listening to your podcast, subscribe to the YouTube channel, please subscribe to the rumble channel and Twitter is at K O G Z. If you want to follow on Twitter, because that account I'm, I'm dropping eight political truth bombs every single day and people are catching on and it's going bananas. It's getting bigger. We're getting an audience. This podcast is more popular than it's ever been. I'm just very optimistic about the peasants. I'm very optimistic. Okay. So next. Oh yeah. Before we get into the main topic du jour, this is incredible. This is how much the elites just shove it in your face that you can't do anything. This is real. This is real. Okay. Ready for this? Here's a quote. Ready? Brits like Great Britain. Brits need to accept they are now poor. Bank of England chief economist says. And George Gammon wrote on his tweet with that, which is a picture of the article. Take that, Putin. That's pretty funny. So anyways, Brits need to accept that they are now poor. You just need to accept that you're poorer now and that you are not going to have a better future than you did in the past. You have to accept it. Suck it up. You're a peasant. You're going to be poorer. They're saying it because they know they control the financial system and you can't do anything up. You can't do anything about it. You can't do anything about it. They are just shoving it in your face. They're telling you CBDCs are coming out. They're putting Project Icebreaker on YouTube for you to watch. They're telling you what their plans are because they are so confident that you can't get out of the system that they could just stick a middle finger up to you and say, hey, we're going to give you CBDCs. We're going to survey you. You're going to have no privacy. You're going to own nothing. You're going to be happy. And that's it. What are you going to do about it? But we're, we are going to do something about it, okay? We're going to educate people on decentralized platforms, decentralized protocols, Bitcoin, gold, silver, become our own central banks. We're going to get out of the system. We're going to be close with our communities. We're going to build friendships. We're going to, we're going to get close with our families again. We're going to help our neighbor. We're going to love thy neighbor, okay? We're not going to hate each other, and we're not going to fall into the trap of this fake left, right, Republican, Democrat, independent bullshit paradigm that's not even real. It's literally a tactic for divide and conquering. If you have not come to terms with the fact that the elites are using the oldest strategy in the book of divide and conquer, then I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know. I'm giving you all the evidence and you must have some sort of bias where you just can't see the truth. And I don't know what there is to do because I don't have a stake in this. I'm a political. I just want to tell people the truth. This is a truth. We are now getting to a point where before AI takes off, if we don't get the truth at baseline level where everybody can argue like which how to do things big government small government taxes no taxes that's fine that's that's all dandy that's great but like we need to get the baseline like what's true and not true like there are so many psyops going on literally every day is almost a new psyop that if ai takes off before we get the baseline of truth you're not gonna know what's real ever again and you're gonna have some people living in alternate reality forever now i have this really heart it's not about how i feel but i my observation is that there's more peasants awake than we think. Um, what's the vibe that you get? I'd love to hear what you think. If you do, leave it on the comments in uh, Rumble or just tweet at me or DM me on uh, Twitter at KOGZ Cogs. Okay, so those are the topics right now, but we're going to get into something in interesting. So before I woke up in the past couple of years, I don't know what your journey was, but I guess 9-11 was controversial in the sense that, you know, some people thought it was like an inside job, all that stuff. So I've looked a little bit into it. Not so much. But the building seven scenario is awfully weird. Uh, but today, the gray zone drops a bombshell, okay? An absolute bombshell. I'm going to play a five-minute clip where you can hear it straight from their mouth. This is absolutely unbelievable. This came out today that the 9-11 hijackers 
were CIA recruits from court documents. So new court filings reveal that two of the Saudi hijackers of American Airlines Flight 77 on 9-11 were recruited by a joint CIA-Saudi intelligence operation that was covered up at the highest level. Max Blumenthal of the Gray Zone will tell you exactly what happened along with Aaron Mate. This is about a five-minute, six-minute clip. We'll see if I play all of it. This is unbelievable bombshell. 9-11 hijacks revealed as CIA recruits. Just take a listen. Bombshell filing 9-11 hijackers were CIA recruits. At least two 9-11 hijackers had been recruited into a joint CIA-Saudi intelligence operation that was covered up at the highest level, according to an explosive new court filing. This is by the Gray Zone's Kit Clarenberg. So, Max, talk to us about this story. Our worst fears about this particular episode have been seemingly confirmed uh, through a 2021 court filing, which was just released, um, which came in the form of a 21-page declaration by the lead investigator of the Office of Military Commissions, which is overseeing the cases of the 9-11 defendants. His name is Don Canestraro, and he had interviewed several FBI agents who were involved in investigating 9-11 and seeking actually to prevent the attack in the months leading up to the attack. So basically, this relates to two of the hijackers, the so-called muscle hijackers who were charged with um, overwhelming, the one of them was a muscle hijacker, overwhelming the passengers and getting to the cockpit. The other one was a pilot. Uh, Khalid al-Midhar and Nawaf al-Hazmi, these were Saudi citizens who had attended a Al-Qaeda, they called it like a mega summit. And it was a gathering of top Al-Qaeda figures in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, back in January, 20, in January 2000. Now, during that summit, which, again, it was a major Al-Qaeda summit, during that summit, CIA agents broke into the hotel room of al-Hazmi and al-Midhar on January 5th and January 8th and photographed their passports. They were being monitored by the CIA. The CIA knew they were there and they knew that something was being planned, something like the day of planes attack, which was already within the kind of in the pipeline that was heavily monitored by US, Pakistani intelligence, all sorts of intelligence services. So Al-Hazmi and Al-Midhar were able to then, following this summit from Malaysia, board a direct flight to LA International Airport, get off the flight without any screening, and then be met at the airport by Omar Al-Bayoumi, Omar Bayoumi, who was posing as an employee of the Saudi Civil Aviation Authority and was in fact a Saudi intelligence officer, who then took these two characters Al-Qaeda figures to an apartment, paid for their lease, and then arranged for them to receive rides in taxis to flight lessons while shepherding them to and from local Saudi-sponsored mosques. This should have set off alarm bells everywhere, but the CIA refused to tell the FBI that they, these figures were in the country. The CIA was operating through a shady unit known as Alex Station, which had been set up in tandem with the FBI, but which operated outside the FBI's purview. 
and was a, essentially a black operation charged with the ability to recruit assets. And so not only did the CIA refuse to tell the FBI about these two would-be hijackers in the U.S., they forbade FBI agents assigned to Alex Station from telling other FBI agents. Why would they do that? Why would they be so determined to avoid the detection of these two dangerous figures as they were being shepherded through the U.S. by Saudi intelligence? Well, it's clear now, as was everyone suspected through Don Canestraro's filing, that they had been recruited by the CIA and were CIA assets, whether they knew it or not, and that Omar Bayoumi, the Saudi intelligence agent, was himself a CIA asset working in a U.S.-Saudi joint intelligence operation. And this raises a lot of questions, which we'll get to, but here's the, the um, statement of an agent known simply as C3 in this filing said that Bayoumi's contact with the hijackers and his support thereafter was done at the behest of the CIA through the Saudi intelligence service. And the relationship. And so as Kit Clarenberg details in this excellent article, which really puts all of this into context, the FBI was not told about Al-Midhar and Al-Hazmi's presence in the U.S., or the fact that I think one of them was actually the roommate of the lead 9-11 hijacker, Mohammed Atta, at one point, which would have just wrapped up the whole operation until the operation was in its final stages and they had already gone to New York. Uh, and in, at, even at that point, it was not made a law enforcement investigation, which would have necessitated arrests. It was simply an intelligence investigation, which necessitated nothing more than surveillance. So the C you can just point a finger directly at Langley, at the CIA, and at Alex Station and say, you are responsible for letting 9-11 happen. That is the most conservative analysis we can put forward. Okay. This is fucking insane. Why? Why? Why does everything have to be a lie? Why is the establishment, why are they such douchebags, okay? Excuse my language, just what the fuck? Are you, are you, what is going on, man? Like, I didn't know about this back then. Like, I just woke up in the past years and all of a sudden you're gonna put all of this info on me that like everything has been a, a matrix brainwash. This is absolutely insane, the whole thing. And so I, I, you know, I heard people talk about, oh, building seven, building seven. And I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go watch building seven with my own eyes. Remember, don't trust your own eyes. You don't wanna do that. But I do want to trust my own eyes, and you want to trust your own eyes too. So then I looked at this video of Building 7, and oh, here's my biggest concern, by the way, that it was a lie, is that when things on YouTube have the context below the video, and it links to a Wikipedia page like The Great Reset, or the other ones like the 2020 election, well, excuse me, the September 11 attacks is a context on YouTube. Usually when there's context on YouTube of a Wikipedia page, it's the opposite of the truth. So very concerning. That's the biggest red flag. Always. Okay, here we go. So here, if you're not watching, I'll walk you through it. We got building seven here, and it goes straight down.
I remember getting a call from the uh, fire department commander telling me that they're not sure they're going to be able to contain the fire. As if you know, we've had such terrible loss of life. And this was in just this pull. Uh, and they made that decision to pull. And then we watched the building. on right now and everybody knows it okay everybody knows it we disconnected for a little bit but that's okay that's okay because we tell the truth in real time there's no agenda here okay no agenda we expose the agendas that's what we do here okay so yes 9-11 looks a little fishy now but unbelievable breaking news court documents so we know that there are ties to the u.s and saudi intelligence it's so weird how everything's coming out right now it almost seems like that podcast I did forever ago of the age of Aquarius and the great awakening. And that like just the information war is like coming to an end and like the peasants are going to be free. Like everything's falling on its head. Like nothing is working anymore. The establishment is losing all control except for the people who are still, you know, living in the matrix and the people who are in the matrix are fighting to stay in the matrix. Like you can't even, you can show them definitive proof of everything that we've talked about for 180 episodes. And they'll just say, no, 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 can't be. No, 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 no. I'm going to, but the truth is, is that the world was designed by people that are no smarter than you. Okay. So that you can challenge those assumptions. You can push the boundaries. You can reshape a new world. Not like Klaus Schwab. We're going to master the universe and reshape the world. No, not like that. Okay. But like, you don't have to follow the rules as you're told, okay? If they say put a mask over your eyes and walk around and can't see anything, it doesn't mean you have to do it, okay? You should push against it. And if enough peasants push back, it's over. There are so many of us. It's insane. The fact that we even feel threatened by this small, itty-bitty group of elites is absolutely dumb. I don't know another word. It's just stupid. It's an illusion of power. It's not real, okay? Get over it. You got to push back. You have to know, you know, you know what's right in your heart. Okay. In your heart, you know, what's right. And you, if you know what's right, you have to go with it. 
don't believe this fake media and stuff. It's unbelievable. It comes from all sides, left, right, center. You have to be apolitical in this environment. It's the only way to survive. At least it feels like the only way to survive. So, you know, I wasn't even going to get into this, but I shared a video and I mentioned Iman, the, you know, the, the, the big YouTuber who shared a, a, a video. Oh, by the way, a lot going on in Sudan, which is really crazy too, which is actually, oh, should I play that? Should I let you know what's going on in Sudan? Well, before I do that, I'm going to play, um, I'm going to play a video about one of his three part series about the great reset. Oh, you know what? Before I do that, I want to play a clip that's from, uh, it's just on topic of the gray zone and Max Blumenthal. This is from the Jimmy Dore show. Aaron Monte was, uh, was, um, uh, hosting it and Max Blumenthal was on, they were talking about Tucker. Tucker Carlson, why he was canceled. Jimmy Dore has been on that show, told the truth about the wars, all that stuff. So you got to take Tucker off. You you can't can't tell the truth to the people at some points, okay? And I don't even agree. I, I'll, like I, I'm I, Tucker's political. I'm not political, so we can't agree on politics stuff because it's impossible. But he was definitely telling some truth on some stuff. The issue is that it doesn't matter what if you have an R or D next. It doesn't matter. You said objectively take the content of each individual person and assess if they're telling the truth or not. So anyways, this is from, uh, this is from Jimmy Dore with Aaron Mate. This just happened, but they're playing a video of Max Blumenthal, who's the founder of the gray zone on Tucker. This is like 2018. And he says, it's, it comes at the end, it's a minute long, but he goes, mark my word. He knew what was happening with the whole Russia thing. He says, mark my words. When Trump is gone, this narrative, this Russia hysteria, will be repurposed by the political establishment to attack the left and anyone on the left who steps out of line on the issues of permanent war. And that's exactly what's happened. It's unbelievable. Just listen to it. It's, it's amazing. Here we go. The issue of efficacy also, in addition to the fact that I haven't seen any concrete evidence and Rachel Maddow's dots may never connect. And so, you know, as someone on the left who's actually gone out and protested Trump, I didn't expect this hysteria to completely take over, but now I see what the point is of it. I see Trump as the apotheosis of a failed political establishment, both from the Democrats and the Republicans, pushing corporate trade, pushing permanent war. And I thought the Democrats should have responded with a big narrative against permanent war yeah. and for economic equality. Instead, yep. they're pushing Russia's scandal mongering right. nonstop. It subsumed all of the progressive grassroots grassroots movements I believed in. And it's basically buried the left in a militaristic narrative that ambitious figures like Jamie Raskin are advancing. Mark my words, Tucker, when Trump is gone, this narrative, this Russia hysteria will be repurposed by oh. the political establishment to attack the left and anyone on the left. Uh, Bernie Sanders, like politician who steps out of line on the issues of permanent war. Which is exactly is what happened. Unbelievable. Oh. He was right. What a clip. What a clip. He was right. And that's what's happening now. If you advocate for peace, if you threaten the narrative, you are pro-Putin. You are a Putin lover. We're not Putin lovers. Putin's political. We're apolitical, okay? We also don't like dictators and stuff. We're not about that life, okay? But we like to ask difficult questions. You can't do that. Otherwise, you're pro-Putin. That's a pretty good call by Max. I think that was like five years ago. Very insightful. So I think this is a very moving clip. I wasn't going to play this originally, but you know, the 9-11 story is crazy. And information's coming left and right. And so this clip where Iman, what's his name? Iman Godzi, who's a huge YouTuber who did the three-part series in The Great Reset, which just came out. Go watch it. It's fantastic. 
he, he's, he does this little clip. I took a clip, a four minute clip, and I think it's very moving and it's very important. And it's about how freedom and truth are the only building blocks that can stand the test of time. It relates to what's happening right now. And I think you just need to listen to this. I think this is really important. Okay. I think we all need to listen to this. All right. You'll understand the context when I play. So just take a listen. It's very good. Four minutes. Here we go. Let me tell you a story that begins in 1973 in Santiago, Chile. You see, the 70s were marked by the rivalry between two ideologies, communism and capitalism. So when a socialist government was democratically elected in 1973, well, our old friend Henry Kissinger wanted to give Chile a little dose of freedom. And that's when he said, I don't see why we need to stand by and watch a country go communist due to the irresponsibility of its people. You see, the issues are much too important for the Chilean voters to be left to decide for themselves. Now, what ensued was probably the worst 17-year period of repression and horror Chile has ever experienced, all supported by Henry Kissinger and the U.S. Thousands died at the hand of Pinochet, and tens of thousands were tortured. Yet, the U.S. kept supporting Pinochet, with Kissinger as the Secretary of State until 1977. Now, why, you may ask? Because Kissinger, like most politicians, is a slave to his ideology. So what though? How does this relate to what's happening today? Well, the fight today is the exact same, but here's where things take an unexpected turn. Do you know what finally ended Pinochet's regime? Well, one of the ways Pinochet's regime had kept such tight control throughout the years was by controlling the information. It's a classic tactic that's been used by every dictator since the dawn of time. And it's also the very same tactic being used by the media today. They feed you one side of the story, the side that they want you to hear. That's because the media is owned by a handful of people who have specific agendas. Wearily similar, I know. So what actually brought down Pinochet's dictatorship? Freedom of information and education. The regime had maintained tight control over the media, censoring and suppressing critical voices and dismissing opinions. However, the emergence of alternative source of information and the dissemination of information from outside the country helped to expose the true nature of the regime and its abuses. Once again, does that sound familiar to you? You see, opposition groups and human rights organizations within Chile work to document as well as publicize the regime's abuses and their tyranny, often at great personal risk. And all of these efforts help to keep the issues of the regime's tyranny in the public eye, as well as build support for the opposition, which would symbolize freedom and hope. Now, finally, opposition grew so strong and the desire for freedom so great that a democratic election and the restoration of press freedom allowed for the fall of Pinochet's regime. And the exposition of the truth amidst all of the state-propagated lies was able to finally topple the House of Cards. And that's really what it was. Even as a military dictatorship built on lies, deficit, and tyranny, those foundations can never last. So once the truth was exposed, it all came crumbling down like a house of cards. And that's because freedom and truth are the only building blocks that can stand the test of time. In the end, the truth will always prevail, even in the face of the mighty Henry Kissinger and the entire US government. Like Kissinger said, they might control the food, the energy, and even the money. But there is one thing that they can never control. The truth that you carry in your heart. No amount of lies and propaganda can ever 
cover that up. They will try, and with some they'll even succeed. But all it takes is a few freedom fighters to have the guts to spread the word and fight their indoctrination with education. And they will try to win the war on information, but they never will, because the truth always wins. You can't hide from your conscience. That's the story of every civilization and every battle. And as Washington said, truth always prevails where there is pain to bring it to light. Unbelievable. And that's what this movement is. We are a movement of truth. That's what you are. You're a freedom fighter. That's what I am. We are standing for what's right. We are saving civilization. One podcast, one person we tell at a time. The moment is ours, okay? If we come together and we realize the truth that you know is true in your heart, you know when you're being lied to, you know when it's propaganda. You may want to not believe it, but you know deep down when it's true and you know deep down when it's bullshit. You know, trust yourself, all right? Trust your judgment. Trust your intuition. Trust that feeling in your gut, in your microbiome. I don't know if it's really in your microbiome, but trust that feeling in your gut. You know what I mean? Trust it. Go with it. Let's ride this out. We need a few freedom fighters and our pack, our group is growing. He's got a massive audience because people are realizing this is the last battle for humanity and we are going to be free. Okay. Yes. There's a lot of concerning things, but the plans are being exposed and everyone knows the corruption and the last domino to fall is central bank digital currencies, which you must push back on. They're going to be deployed in Europe. We were told by the head of the European central bank, October, 2023, it's coming. It's right around the corner. We got Fed now, which is like a precursor to it coming in June. We know economic collapse is coming. We know they think the people are going to beg for it. But what they don't know is that we are resilient and we are fighters. And we will not give away our freedom and liberty for security, which they fucking suck at. Because the last time they were good with security the last three years was never. They did everything the opposite of the right way. And I literally was the most insecure world we've ever lived in. So don't ever trust them when they want to give you security. It is a bunch of garbage and trash. All right? It ain't real and it ain't good. Okay. You understand what I mean? Okay. That was very important. So I thought that was very good. I think you should watch all of it. I think it's very good. So um, I I did have a tweet go viral about BlackRock being behind um, uh, Tucker. Uh, It is interesting that BlackRock, I'll just read you the tweet that uh, that went viral if I, well, no, I'm not. But basically they increased their position. BlackRock increased their position uh, in Fox two months ago to like 15% of the company. And then all of a sudden Tucker's gone. Maybe that had something to do with it. Maybe it didn't. I think following the money is always a good idea. And don't forget, this is a clip from uh, uh, the New York Times deal book where they interviewed SBF, literally the biggest con artist of all time. This is Larry Fink, who is the head, the founder and CEO of BlackRock, saying this. Just listen. Well, behaviors are going to have to change. And this is one thing we're, gonna, we're asking companies. Uh, you have to force behaviors. And at BlackRock, we are forcing behaviors. Well, behaviors are going to have to change. And this is one thing we're, gonna, we're asking companies. Uh, you have to force behaviors and at BlackRock, we are. So you have to force behaviors. You have to force it. You have to force people to go along with our agenda. That's what's going on now that listen, they're major shareholders behind dominion and Fox. That's both sides of the lawsuit. Maybe they're involved. Maybe they're not while they're involved. Obviously they're major shareholders, but they're forcing. They're the ones behind ESG. 
who had the highest ESG score? Sri Lanka. I did a whole episode on that many, many months ago. Go listen to it. Highest ESG score. What happened? The country was toppled. Toppled. Okay? Collapsed. Now they have digital ration cards for food. People are starving to death and there's no media on it because they don't want you to know people are dying. That's not what the media is there for. It's there to shape your thoughts, not to inform you of what's going on. That's what the Jonathan Cogan show is here for. We tell you the objective truth. They are there to manipulate you and get you to go in a certain direction so that you can end up in the same totalitarian environment they are hoping you fall into. But we will not. We will resist and we will fight because you're a fighter. I'm a fighter. Together, we become fighters on steroids. And if we have to take real steroids, we'll take real steroids. It is what it is. It is what it is. So, um, so yeah, that's basically it today. Uh, I love that they just said, hey, uh, hey, Brits, you just need to accept that you're poorer now. Bank of England chief economist. That's amazing. That's amazing. Just just accept it. You're poorer now, peasant. I, it's unbelievable. People really take that. It's crazy. It's crazy. Anyways, the time is ours. The time is now. Subscribe to the Jonathan Cogan Show wherever you get your podcasts. Please follow on Twitter at KOGZ. This video will be there. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel in the description. Please subscribe to the Rumble channel in the description. Share us with four people, four people today. That's the goal. Four individuals, three that are not awake and one that is awake who's already on the same page, but three that are not. Share this with three that are not and see if we can wake them up, okay? Because if we wake up everybody, then nobody's asleep and then it's game over. Game over. I mean, we don't need everybody, but it'd be nice to have more people. All right, that's all I got for you today. I love you. I love you. I genuinely love you. You're amazing. You're fantastic. You Actually, you might not be. I don't even know you. But I like what we have going on here. And thanks for tuning in. It really means a lot. I really do appreciate it. I'm sorry my voice <clears throat> sounds weird. <clears throat> it's like I got something in my throat like this one in the last podcast. It is what it is. All right, everybody. I'll see you tomorrow. Have a great night or a great day. Hasta luego. Bye.